Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, my partners in the coffee business, Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Boys, we have uh, we have some exciting breaking news related to our next live program um, that we need to share with our audience. Lots of negotiations, lots of high-level business meetings taking place between Ronald and the other hipsters who run the Sojourn Church Planning Network. And um, after, after lots of high-level meetings, we have, uh, we have a location and a date for our, our next live show. Um, Ron, tell us, about, uh, tell us about Sojourn Midtown. I love that the word Midtown is an is a invention of the last 10 or 15 years. Used to describe <laughs> that part of a city which is neither downtown nor the suburbs. Um, hipsters have reclaimed that word. They call it Midtown now. I couldn't be happier. Tell us about the venue, baby. Yeah, so I, maybe that's maybe that's where they got the phrasing. I, you know, I have no idea. Um, yeah. I know that I've I've been to a few events there and a few conferences there, and uh, Sojourn Midtown mm-hmm. is indeed just a fantastic uh, location for uh, for the new live show for the next live show. Uh, basically, an old um, man, an old converted, almost like almost like a cathedral in some ways, mm-hmm. um, in terms of its uh, sort of the look and the feel and the architecture. And it's just, it's a really amazing venue. And um, so, yeah. In another five years, it'll be a brewery. Absolutely. But until then. I think it already is. You know, upstairs is where they do the brewery. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So This show is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So, so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, of atmosphere. And, um, and again, it almost brings us back to the first Live in Louisville show we did in the uh, the small sanctuary with the uh, the John Calvin bust, you know, so there's that was there's, good. There's that kind of far reaching history that we are going to be face to face with, and of course, our audience will be will be. As well, well. And baby, you've already conferenced extensively there, so this is like a home game. It's for like you. going. I mean, it's like it's like home. Yeah, it's like going home. Absolutely, home home turf. Um, Pipe, what's our what's our date for this thing? If my recollection is correct, it is April 13, so it's the Monday before uh which this is together for the gospel that's right <clears throat> sorry i get my reformed gospel things mixed up yes monday april 13th so it is actually the day after easter so uh you will be all listeners will be all you know churched up ready to go ready to hit the road to louisville and join us monday the uh the 13th of april. and you know what pipe i think and, that's then, a- and then the next day they can go to endless sermons and i think that's worth pointing out that since it's post easter let's uh Maybe we can get a little post-Easter goodies and swag from people, you know, after the big day. Maybe that can be. Oh, some that's of right, what baby. Day. That's good. That that kind of gets us back to our roots too. Absolutely. Of, of us shamelessly asking for stuff that we want and having people bring it to the program. Which I would, uh, I would which love I really some, like. yeah, some unique Easter chocolates and goodies. And you know what? I'll go this leftover far. Leftover ham. I mean, boy, yeah, maybe some leftover ham. I'll go this far. I don't yeah. think it's too much to ask that um, we should each get our own Easter basket at some point. Oh, baby, that would be so nice. <laughs> you know, that would be so I, nice. I demand lots of faux grass in mine. Yeah. Um, because I don't, I don't know why that's an Easter tradition, but you know, the plastic green grass Absolutely. that lines yep. the basket that the eggs go in because eggs also very appropriate for Easter. Absolutely. So yes, I, I demand. Pipe, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go one up on you. Um, I want some real grass in my. Oh, baby, I'm going to go one up on you. I'm not going to rest until that hipster church has some real grass framed on the wall. I'm going to go uh, one like, up on all of you and say I want an actual Easter bunny 
in my in my basket. <laughs> that would be amazing. You I know, I want that Somebody thing just I want that thing just bunny. literally hopping around while we're doing the live show. Dude, I want old school astroturf in my Easter basket. Oh man, I little, a little that. homage yeah. to football, a little homage to fake grass. Old school astroturf into the eighties, into yeah. the eighties. All my Astro favorite world. things. Absolutely, <laughs> going to say all the things you love, guys. I'll tell you what we should do. Let's just just so we're clear, because we're a program that that you know we value clarity, and uh, let's make sure we our really fans do. know what each of us would prefer our Easter baskets to look like. We have oh, a couple fantastic. of months to do that. You know. Yeah, I, I think we I think we need to do that. We're we are reform guys, after all. We are all about clarity and boundaries and definitions, and uh, we need to to let them know exactly what we want. So I want astroturf and football stuff. Um, Ronald, what would you like in your Easter basket? Um, I would like um, I I know that I would like uh, an assortment of delicious uh, chocolates, mainly of the, the the caramel and nut variety, and maybe even some. Uh, Maybe even some, you know, if we're just going to go crazy, man, I would like some uh, some peanut caramel apples in there. I mean, I just want to just oh, shoot the works wow. for me. Shoot so we're, works. we're going we're going off the whole 30 for the Easter bet. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, this is celebration. I go off the whole 30 for celebration. Got and it. we're, we're yeah. at Midtown. I mean, this is live at Midtown. Live at yeah. Midtown, boys. So we need to, we need to up the celebration. You know? The section of the city of dreams. I mean, you know, what, what could be more exciting? Piper, Easter basket request for you. Oh man, um, that's a really good. I have no idea. I haven't gotten an Easter basket like ever in my life because my parents didn't. Oh do my Easter gosh, so this is going to so be an even, amazing moment for you, Pipe. This is like I don't a even first. know what's supposed to be in there. Dude, so, so maybe maybe I need to put my faith in the listeners to give me whatever it's supposed to be. The Pipers didn't do Easter baskets. John and Noel was this like a. Like, well, you're aware you're aware that the Bible doesn't say anything about baskets or bunnies <laughs> I, or faux grass aware. or chocolate. So I am it's, aware. They they didn't find a place in the hierarchy of celebration needs at the Piper House. Now was this like de jour? Was it was it written down or was this just de facto like we don't do this? Or was there a big it like a big just, speech about it? No, no speeches. I mean uh-huh. it the all Easter celebration was the same as like acknowledgement of Santa Claus. Like why do you acknowledge a thing that's pretend? And it just never happened. There was just no I love it. I don't remember ever having a conversation about it. I love it. I love it. Well, Piper, this is gonna so, be this is going to be an ah. Easter to remember for you, and that we're gonna we're gonna make up for lots of years of childhood for you, and uh, and provide you a, a lovely Easter basket, in addition to uh, all the lovely red bud coffee that we'll be enjoying. Um, and Piper, before if that was in my Easter basket, I wouldn't complain because it's really good. coffee. It's such good coffee, dude. I've been enjoying it so much, and uh, I want to hear your your best work promo wise on that. But before we do, I want to promo a little Barnabas Piper thing. Uh, I received in the mail yesterday two copies of Piper's newly re-released book, Help My Unbelief. Uh, very, very good book. Very cool cover. Um, the new publisher did an amazing job with it, Pipe. So, uh, so yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for the free books. Well, thank you. And I, I'm glad they sent you two, but I'm not sure why because there's only one of you. But now you have one to give away. I, exactly. I bet it's because I accidentally put you on the list twice because, because I didn't read it very carefully. I mean, I'll still Double be D- satisfied D- with my one copy, Pipe, when I'm grateful for it. So thank you, Ronald. We well, could, you can we could, yeah pipe. We were about to make the same biblical joke. I bet about cutting. Okay, the book no, in you, half. you you go first. You cut the book in half. Yeah. That's my joke. We could cut the book in half, Ronald. I was actually going to make an Instagram joke. I'm like, I'm sure you can doctor the photo to make it look like there's two side by side or something like that. So um, put the Folgers can in you, between it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Piper, tell us about Redbud Coffee. 
Yeah, Redbud Coffee is our new our new partnership with the Happy Rant. So if you go to redbudcoffee.com, pretty easy to remember, you can see all their roasts. I think they have six or seven roasts available right now. I uh, spent the morning today enjoying their Ethiopian roast, I think it is. And uh, it's sort of a light to medium bodied one. It's really, really good. Mm. Um, it is a small coffee roastery based in, I think it's smack dab in the middle of Illinois. So uh, very middle America for us today. And it's family owned. It is a, I think it's two brothers and a dad and an uncle who do the majority of the business along with their employees. And then to make matters better, on top of really good coffee, they donate a portion of every purchase to uh, to an organization that works with victims of sex trafficking. So it's sort of a double partnership for us. So we get to support a great coffee company who is in turn supporting a great ministry. And for you listeners, if you use the code HAPPYRANT at checkout, you will get 10% off your purchase. So whether you buy one bag or six bags or whatever, 10% off of that. Use the code HAPPYRANT at checkout and enjoy some Redbud coffee uh, as soon as you possibly can. Piper, very good as always. Uh, incredible promo work. And uh, boys, something came up on our last episode that I think kind of like triggered the imagination of all three of us, which is why we're going to take a deep dive into it today. Uh, today is going to be the bravery episode of the happy rant. So mm. if you're curious about bravery, if you have questions about bravery, uh, I have done what amounts to really the the biggest amount of show prep I've ever done for this program. It was remarkable, um, Big T. It was well done. Thank I mean, you, was, babe. Oh thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, are you feeling okay? Clear, I mean, are you exhausted? How are you, how are you doing mentally after baby, that? Baby, I'm a little spent. I'm a little, say. yeah, I'm a little kind of tapped out, Absolutely. but I'm going to try to be a pro and, and pull it together soldier and do the on. show. Soldier on. Yeah, baby. soldier on bravely. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna wade into this topic after having written what amounts to just one medium-sized text about it. Um, so that was the that was the extent of the show prep, but but no, this this whole idea of our culture kind of yells and screams about bravery all the time, and and you know we call things brave, but uh, it it really got the three of us thinking about what is actually brave, who's allowed to be brave. Uh, we do make jokes from time to time on the podcast about um, being that we're middle aged white Christian men, we're 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 not allowed to be brave, which is. Which is a joke that we make, and it's a it's a kind of ironic thing that we say. But um, I really want to suss that out today, and I want to lean into it and talk about why, and um, get maybe a working definition of bravery. So, can we start there, boys? Do you think like uh, it's twenty twenty? It's a new year. Um, we we've kind of seen the landscape here for a while. So, so pipe. What's our what's our working definition of bravery? Well, I have a question for clarity before we yeah. be try we try to work this out. <clears throat> is this a definition of bravery as it is commonly used, or what we think it actually is? You know, why don't we do both? I think that okay. would be helpful because I because I think they're very different things. I think they're <laughs> exceedingly different things. I couldn't agree more. So, uh, my best effort at at bravery uh, in terms of how it is commonly used is basically stating something that you believe that you know some portion of the population disagrees with but your friends all agree with okay yep um so so in a sense you're saying there's nothing on the line in terms of there, there's really nothing at stake for you if you will receive criticism from strangers possibly depending on how many followers you have on social media but you'll be celebrated by 
the people everybody yeah everybody who surrounds you all the time will be in your corner when you say this brave thing Mm. yeah now is there a a sliding scale of like how satisfying that is over time like let's say you've done that particular thing a handful of times in a week or a month does it get less satisfying after you do it a lot i would think that it Um, would see i it's very hard for me to say because i since that's 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 not a definition of bravery that i think is terribly brave it's hard for me to imagine it being satisfying at all yeah you know it's if you if you boldly declare that the planet is getting warmer or that you have a strong opinion about politics or you know something about gender or sexuality and everybody who you know applauds you i don't know it just it doesn't seem terribly satisfying that just seems sort of like tweeting yeah you just you said an opinion good job um so it's it, yeah i have to imagine there is sort of a, a law of diminishing returns which probably is why bravery has also gravitated towards crazy mm. you know it's now braver to say more audaciously either inane or insane things yeah um and then be celebrated by all the people who know you yeah no i agree i i think you're i think you're definitely onto something and and now what about a what about an earnest or actual definition of bravery Ronnie, I leave earnest and actual to oh, you. Oh boy, I appreciate that. I would say, man, so yeah, I would say the actual way we would think of it or maybe should think of it is um, a willingness to behave courageously in the face of adversity. Yeah. That's just what came to mind. No, that's really good, baby. Which, that's re- which means there is something on the line. Yes. And it might be actually terrifying to do Absolutely, it. which hence the word bravery. You're, there's a willingness well, there. To put your to <laughs> just put your neck out, and to be clear, like there are there are actual brave people operating as we speak, right? Absolutely, and, and it's a it's a horribly unpopular opinion for me to say this out loud, but I mean there are soldiers doing brave things as we speak. There are you know policemen, firefighters. I mean, like all the, all the kind of people that we grew up thinking are brave are still brave because those jobs involve, if not daily, then the regular sort of stepping into fear and, and, you know, moving forward anyway. So, um, you yeah, know, we I, still have that. And I think even uh, like, even to, to pipe's point, which I think was really good. I, I think people, even with their words, right. People that will have an opinion or have to say something that mm-hmm. requires like a kind of courage that is going to cost them. I mean, there, there yeah. can be a bravery in, in how we say things and in words as well, I think. You know? No. Yeah. I mean, yesterday, yesterday at the time of recording this, yesterday was, or not yesterday, Monday was uh, MLK Day, yeah. and so a couple of days ago, and it's really striking how bravery has shifted over the years. Like when when you read his quotes, people who would hang him to, who would have hanged him if they were alive at that time, can now quote him uh, freely. Mm-hmm. So what he did courageously is now just sort of like it's it has almost become like the. They're like Hallmark movie quotes. They're just sort of inspirational, which is sad. So what was bravery is now just sort of commonplace inspiration. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really interesting how words shift over time too, in terms of what is courageous and what's not, Um, you know, he was risking his life literally to say things and to, to confront injustice. We can quote him now freely confidently and and honestly not having any idea what he stood for at all and it's 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 kind of 
there's a real dissonance there. Yeah, it's kind of American cultural fortune cookie wisdom type of thing, which which by and large we as a culture have done that with scripture too. I mean, if there are people who want to, you know, uh, remake scripture in their own kind of inspirational image and neuter it of all its power, you know, um, I, I think the the culture has been about that too over the years. Um, let me ask you guys this because there's a this is a two part question. Part one is: Do you think in our tribe there are still occasions to be courageous, like be it in writing or uh, speaking? I mean, I and and I guess where that question's coming from is the sense that like all the statements have kind of already been made. Um, I feel like reform guys, by and large, have already come down on like all the all the different sides of issues that they're going to come down on. So like, what are the occasions to be courageous, I guess that are left for reform guys? And that's enough of a question. I'll ask the second part later. Um, Ronald man of the cloth. What, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, I always think that there's, I mean, I would be of the opinion that there's always something that needs to be said that isn't being said that would require a kind of bravery to say. And so if we yeah. back up from like reformed, um, I mean, again, we could spend the you know we could spend the next couple of hours like picking out little things that people are just sort of like they're they're comfortable with they shouldn't be comfortable with but for somebody to make like a a statement about it and to say you know what not only am I making a statement about this but I refuse to uh, interact with this I refuse to be a part of this because I feel like overall it's something that's let's just say in terms of our tribe it's damaging to our tribe right mm-hmm. so in other words here's like some here's like something that I that could be brave for somebody. Um, somebody that's like an A-list speaker gets invited to the conferences, is looked upon as a celebrity, has major influence in all the social media platforms. A brave thing for somebody like that to do would be to stand up and say, this is damaging and we are seeing like the ramifications and the effects of this because of what it's become in our particular Uh tribe. So I'm making a commitment right now to tell you that I think this is wrong and I'm pulling out. I'm not going to be a part of this anymore. Um, I'm going to pull back my influence, my speaking. Uh, mm. that could be something that was brave because basically they would be making a statement that would be condemning in some ways, but then also sticking their neck out saying, and by the way, I'm not just saying it, I'm going to live this thing out. And I think that's just one tiny example. Maybe you guys even disagree with that, but that so, would be one well, example that I think somebody could throw out there tribally that would be a, a, a brave position to take. And to be clear, that will absolutely never happen. <laughs> but, but we did. Francis, Francis Chan did it, which leads me to the monkey wrench I was about to throw into this thing, which yeah, is yeah. that I don't know how to be brave with a statement today because everything can be posturing. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. So so since since all the private stuff is public now, to withdraw from the public eye is brand building if you want it to be. Sure. So you, so you're 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 gaining something personal from doing something quote unquote risky potentially. And that's that is not a statement about Francis Chan. I have no idea what his motives were. I'm assuming they were good. Um yeah. but just to say that um it's no matter where you where you swing on the pendulum mm-hmm. it's it can be a a an image thing a brand thing well what's you know is just that i think we're always doing the persona calculus on that stuff in our heads before we before we make any kind of a statement one way or the other and it's it's i would love to live in a world in which i don't do that or people don't do that but yeah, well i mean I, we can't think, help but we can't help where the chips so if somebody's brave the chips are always going to fall 
someplace given the act of bravery, right? So if somebody yeah. is if somebody is sincere in what they do in, in terms of how they're trying to live or act out their, you know, what, whatever they're asserting in terms of their bravery, I mean, the chips are going to yeah. fall where they fall. And so if, if somebody, so going back to my example, if somebody does that and then their celebrity increases, but they have detached themselves from it, then they're still living out, um, you know, they're still living out, you know, a willful, courageous. Well, maybe the, and, and I agree, baby, that that, that would be courageous in our context. And it's a really good example. And maybe, maybe the actual courage in that would come in just saying no to a whole bunch of stuff and not making any statements like, you know, not coming out and saying, Hey world, I'm not doing together for the gospel this year. Cause I want to focus on my church ministry. Rather you just say no to together for the gospel. You say no when your agent brings you new book, you know, opportunities, and you do just focus on your church ministry. It would just be I like think, a whatever happened to him. Kind of thing. It would, but, and, and I think that would be okay. Right. I mean, that would be, that would be good. It would be courageous in the sense that, you know, you would kind of, you would count the cost with, with your wife, with the elders at your church and go, this is an investment I really need to make in like the actual people in my actual life rather than like, the faux people in my Twitter life or my conference attending life or whatever. Yeah. And if that was like a, the convi- yeah, it's a convictional thing, I think. So bravery it's always a has to be thing. a convictional yeah. thing. So for that person, if that's what they felt like God was leading them into, it would be an act of bravery for them, but it would also make other people think, hold on. Like, how does that cause me now to like reflect and think on what I'm doing? If I'm in a similar yeah. position, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I don't for know. Sure. No, totally. And, and I, th- I think Piper's point is, amazing in the sense that um and, and i want to i want to ask you guys this you know we're all roughly the same age pipes a little bit younger but um do you remember a time in your life or like your parents lives or whatever where stuff got done and decisions got made especially professionally without like persona and brand calculus being a part of the equation um Pipe, you've got the most famous dad among the three of us, slash the only famous yeah, dad. I, <laughs> um, well, listeners, let me tee up an episode we did uh, in December when I interviewed Ted about their dads, and they may not be famous, but it was awesome to hear about them, so you should go back and listen to that if you didn't. Now, to answer your question, um, it it has been really striking over the course of the last like, 20, 25 years to watch how people perceive the decisions that my dad makes. Mm, I bet. Um, so as far as I can tell, and, and, and how he has had to calculate how people perceive, um, which, is, which is not so much persona as it is just the recognition of criticism or the recognition of influence because of numbers, those kinds of things. So – my dad early on, and this is public, so this isn't, I'm not, you know, there's no great reveal here. Early on, he decided he didn't want to keep any of the money that he made off of his books or his speaking. So, uh, you know, originally it just went to the church. Yeah. And then once Desiring God started, it went to Desiring God. And then, you know, over time, they, sort of the contracts and business model has changed. And now, like, that just gets paid directly to Desiring God, and he doesn't see any of it. Yeah. Um. And that's a thing that he just did quietly. Mm-hmm. And I 
I don't think I knew about that till I was heading off to college. Mm -hmm. And that's because we were filling out FAFSA forms together. And, and so he was kind of explaining how, (laughs) how his income looked one way when in reality it was something else because, you know, the money was in his name, but was all kind of passed along and whatever else. Um, but now that's a thing that is a, like, they don't use it this way, but I have seen it. I've seen other people use it as sort of a, almost a marketing point. Yeah. Well, John Piper doesn't, whatever, 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 as if that's like a moral standard for other authors or right. um, something along those lines. And and so, yeah, it's, it is, I don't know how that's affected his decision making. Maybe this is sort of what you guys are talking about where there's a, a quiet conviction to just continue to do this mm-hmm. and not to not to make statements about it. Now they've made statements, they being desiring God, of why they give up give everything away. Yeah. You know, all sermons have been available. You can download PDFs of my dad's books, mm-hmm. etc. at no cost. But even that's was kind of done because there was there was sort of a criticism of them or a comparison of them versus like Tim Keller's church sells his sermons. Yeah. Um or ministry there. I don't know. I don't know if it's attached directly to the church or what it is. And so people are like, well, he does it this way and he does it this way. So there's, you know, there kind of had to be a uh a statement made, but just the difference between you you are capable to do something of conviction in private versus when you do something of conviction, you then have to publicize your reasons for it. You have to face either criticism or praise for it. Like my dad's gotten more praise than criticism for how he handles that. Yeah. But, but that's not, that's like, that's not beneficial. Praise is like praise is an ego booster in that sense. And it takes giving from a place of a good heart to potentially giving for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And so it it really does get confused when it shifts from the private conviction mm-hmm. to the public pus, uh, public persona or at least public eye. Yeah, no, that's a great point, and and I think too, like as you were speaking, it begs the question for me. Like, uh, I don't know what our listenership is like. A lot of them are pastors or seminary students or people in ministry, but a lot of them aren't. And as you were talking, like I couldn't help but think about my dad, who you know he flew airplanes and you know, Ron's dad ran a trucking company. So, so for guys of a certain era with certain jobs that weren't persona type jobs, right? Like what's the, like, what's the courageous moment? Um, you know, maybe in a 2020 context, they were letting everybody know their political convictions or or whatever, but they certainly weren't in, you know, 1993. Um, I, I, I'm guessing there were a lot of kind of quiet opportunities for our dads to be courageous that the world didn't know about because persona stuff wasn't a part of the decision-making process back then, and well, especially for guys in a certain field. It leads me to believe, it leads me to believe, so thinking about guys like your dads or the way it was for my dad prior to internet fame, yep. that a lot of bravery today is doing the same things that have always been brave. So something that requires courage, something that risks a personal cost, yeah. something that is right even in the face of adversity, and absolutely not seeking applause for it. Yeah. So the the idea that you will do the brave thing 
and nobody besides God will ever know. Yeah. You know, whether that's something ethical at work, which is a decision I'm sure both your dads had to make it yep. probably a thousand times. What's the ethical decision? Yep. You know, when there's a way to, to earn more, steal more, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, we had Rosaria Butterfield speak at our church. So she's uh, she's an author and speaker, but she wrote a book called The Gospel Comes with a House Key, which is about hospitality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and as she shared stories of hospitality and kind of how it started with just their family's conviction to be a good neighbor to it, to a man across the street who was reclusive and difficult and, and ultimately turned out to be a meth dealer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's, you know, it's kind of a whole blow up, but there was just a, a quiet convictional privacy to it that we are going to love our neighbor because we want to love our neighbor. Cause that's right. Yeah. And I heard that and I thought that's, there's a that that's bravery in a sense because yeah. there's a personal cost of time and money and they don't really know the guy that well it could be risky sure and they're not you know they're not posting it on social media you know had our neighbor Rick over for dinner such a great time kind of thing <laughs> right it, right I'm like that's I think I think that might be kind of where bravery lies now I agree and I I you know as you were saying that there's there's something of you know not not doing your praying in public so that you know, the world can see it and, and praise it kind of a, kind of a motif in that, that I like. And I think I'm, I'm always attracted to that, you know, yet I fight the, I fight the kind of preening peacocking impulse in myself that, that says, you know, from time to time, I'm going to check and see what people are saying about me, which makes me sick. I mean, it's, it's gross and I hate that I do it, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I find myself more and more like attracted to that ethos of, you know, what did, what did life look like for our dads in a pre internet fame kind of environment? And it, and it looks good, right? It, it, I feel like it would feel good to make choices based more on conviction than on how is this going to play? Right. How am I going to look? Um, which is a, just where we're at. Um, boys, I have another question and this is one that I think about a lot in light of, you know, the kinds of media that gets celebrated in our tribe, but also, um, and I, I, I should apologize for the amount of time I spend kind of low key crapping on the school that my kids go to. I, I really do like it, but, um, or else I wouldn't pay the exorbitant amount of money to spend them, to send them there each year. But, um, to be, to be fair, we also like the tribe we're part of dude, We do for the most yeah, part. We There's do. just a lot we of do. weird stuff in it. Well, and one of the, one of the weird inconsistencies at the school is, you know, part of the curriculum is reading all of these classical stories of bravery, right? So you're getting Lord of the Rings and you're getting all the Shakespeare and you're getting, you know, all, all these kind of like uh, age old tales of bravery. Yet, you know, there, there are very few kind of tangible opportunities to to practice it, to try it out, um, to be brave, especially as you know, more and more we're kind of circling up the wagons even tighter and just trying to sort of move our kids through life without any opportunity for sanctification. Um, There seems to be a disconnect to me between our tribe's fascination with bravery and their their actual, like, willingness to try it from time to time. Uh, What do you make of that, Ronald? Oh, man. I don't know. Good radio. Good, good radio. Rephrase, I realize it's <laughs> big T. Rephrase the rephrase the question a little bit. Give me another well, yeah, angle. I, on I, it. So I guess the I guess the question is, 
and, and this is me doing my like straw man thing that I've done on here before. But like, so the so your reform dude, you know, yeah. gets home from work, drops his you know seven hundred dollar uh, uh, leather bag onto the floor, flops down in his study, you know, whips out the Winston Churchill biography or the like general George Patton biography, and you know the. And these are guys who, by and large, aren't going to be leading anyone anywhere, right? They're never going to lead Great Britain into battle against, like, a fascist dictator. They're, they're, they're not leading. And, in fact, their lives, by and large, should be about, like, service and humility. And, you know, but, but yet are there's this Are you saying that pastoral life isn't like what Winston Churchill did, Big T? Uh, that, is that what Maybe, you're trying to... you know, is I've, that what I've you're known aiming at with pastors. that? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure their lives are... are you know, a lot like Winston Churchill. It's not like or, leading or, troops against, like you know, like yeah. communist regimes and in, in like <laughs> exactly. You know, I don't Nazi know Nazi regimes and <laughs> baby. Maybe the polity of your church is structured to look a whole lot like the British Parliament during the during the the time of Winston Churchill. Yeah, they look at me like, hey, there's a that's not a pastor, that's a prime minister, and he's leading us. <laughs> you guys, you guys do that thing where you put on like powdered wigs and shout at each other, and everybody gets really inspired. Absolutely, man. It, right. He he refers to all of his other fellow leaders as the right honorable gentleman. Exactly. Absolutely. Oh, I love man. it. I love it. You know what I'm saying, though. I mean, it's it's this weird thing where, like, yes, I'm going to read all these accounts of bravery all the live long day, but I'm not going to let my kid play public school sports or city <laughs> league anything or. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to wrap them in like Christian bubble wrap and and keep them under lock and key for 18 years. Um, yeah, that's that, good. that just seems it seems like a disconnect to me. I guess. Yeah, it's I think it's just it's like we're we're really wrapped up in personas, and so and we really are we're like a we're like a people that have been given over to to uh, to fantasy over reality. You mm-hmm. know, in a lot of ways, I think. And so mm. I think we all want to. I think we all want to think that what we're doing is far more meaningful and important. Um, than than what we might even like convictionally like think it is, even if it is right. Like if we're doing important yeah. work in any of the like areas of influence that God's given us or those spheres, there's a part of us that thinks, yeah, but it's not that, and it's not yeah. as important as that over there. And so I think we almost have to we almost have to create something out of something to give it more meaning, rather than just I think trusting God that the work He's given us, the one talent, two talent, five, ten talents. Like that is yeah. the work that was given by God to us, and it's important because of who gave it to us, not because of actually like you know what it amounts to in the eyes of of the world. And so I yeah. think we just struggle with that. So then when we get yeah when we, you know, we're when when our commentaries are, are Winston Churchill biographies, you know, on Sundays, and we're those guys, yeah. you know, it's like I think we're I think we're trying to draw something from something um, again that goes back to. Just um, wanting to create a persona that um, doesn't need to be created because technically speaking, I mean, allegedly speaking, as reformed folk, you know, we believe in this thing called God's sovereignty and he's over everything and he's purposed everything. And we should be content and happy with the place that he's put us with the purpose he's given us. And so we, you know, but we but we get all we get all um, we get screwed up about that. So we just we get jacked up as everybody else does about those things. But we have I think what you're saying, though, Big T is we have ways of trying to like kind of walk around that or adopt other things that make it something it isn't, right? 
Yeah, no, that's a that's a phenomenal point. And I think we just romanticize things. Exactly. You know, like when my dad was flying freight to Detroit, he wasn't pretending he was in Top Gun. But um <laughs> you know, like um He didn't nickname himself Maverick. I mean He didn't you... nickname himself Maverick and call the other guy Maverick Iceman, Cluck, you know, on the radio. Yeah, Maverick Cluck. Which was going to be the name of my first kid, yeah. but we 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 went a different direction. You pivoted uh, the last. We, we pivoted. Double K. You saved him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Iceman Cluck. I like that too. Oh, uh, Piper, you were going to make a salient point before I hide. Well, just I yeah. I don't know how salient is. I hope so. Uh, it, it, this I think this matches or pairs well with what Ron was just saying in terms of the whole like the persona thing, and at the risk of beating a dead horse, I feel like. Um, nothing brave happens on the internet. Mm. And so the fact that so much of our, just as we've had this conversation, I keep thinking about what does it look like, like as a, as a Christian person to be brave. And I can't think of a single really brave thing that you do on the internet. Mm. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter what article you write, what stance you take, like there's just minimal cost to it. Yeah. Um, the the brave things only happen in person, like the really truly brave things, you know, whether it's neighborliness or, um, you know, evangelism or helping somebody in need. Like, there's, it, yes, you will take criticism on the internet, but if you turn it off, the criticism goes away. Mm-hmm. It just like, oh look, I left social media, all the critics disappeared. Yeah. Um, and so it, I think that's a big part of where of where we go wrong. So thinking about the reform guy who loves the biographies, it's that transfers into public platform bravery, which isn't brave at all. Yeah. Really. Whereas those things, you know, if there's, if there's an interaction with a neighbor or you have to take, you have to make risky decisions about what schools to put your kids in or how to raise them or, you know, marriage is difficult or whatever. Like those are the places where, where you make the decisions that are that are or are not actually brave in a relational context, and and so yeah, I think I think part of the problem that we have with defining bravery is that we have um, we've just shifted everything to what is it, what does it look like publicly, which then undermines everything that's actually brave. Well, here's my question yeah. for you boys, and that's a great point, Pipe. Um, my question is this: I mean. Do, do we need to look at bravery in the same way that like we would look at something like a miracle where like it in it the how we define it in and of itself is that it's not normative be you know bravery in and of itself is something that has to come at moments that require it which aren't going to be every time we like click on social media and type something to like you know get us likes or or get into arguments i mean so like if you look at your own life i mean is there anything you've done in your own life that's brave or that you can see in the future that's going to require bravery and maybe you do and maybe you don't but if you do it's not going to be something that happens like on a regular basis right i mean the very definition of itself means i have to like there's going to be those moments that is going to be that's going to require me to like will like have willful courageous behavior because I'm facing some kind of adversity that requires it, but that doesn't happen. We don't get to like manufacture that. Number one, to Piper's point, mm-hmm. and then number two, it doesn't. It's not normative. It's not something that happens all the time. And so, how do we yeah. how do we suss that out even in our own lives? Like, do you guys see something in your? Is there a moment in your life that you would say that was bravery, or even a moment in the future where you can say that's going to require bravery for me? 
Well, I I think that's a really hard question to answer because I think so much of what we've confused, we being you know society or maybe just Christian society as a whole, is we've decided that if you do something right, it is brave. Right. So if you do something according to conviction, it is brave. So, and by the way, know, I'm the arbiter of what's right all the time. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, on the Christian side of things, we would try to stack that up against the biblical standard. Societally, we just say, like, my convictions, my truth. If I do something according to my truth, it's brave. Well, by that standard, every day you do brave things, um, which, to Ron's point, <laughs> then waters down brave to nothing. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think I think if we want to define, like, if, if we want to kind of re recapture some definition of bravery and move it more to, more towards the heroic, mm-hmm. then it means you're doing something at great personal cost or risk, yeah. usually for the benefit of somebody else. Yeah. Um. You know. So there's a. Yeah, and those moments don't happen often. Like, you even think about those biographies. Those are people who are, you know, right place, right time, Mm -hmm. sacrificial, leading somebody, you know, or or a whole group of people. There's there's a lot more going on there than I spoke my convictions that may or may not be true. Well, and there were were tens of thousands of hours of work that nobody saw so that— you know, you could perform well in the one moment, you know, and I think that's part of it too. And to Ron's question, which is fantastic. And I, I do think it's a great point that we can't necessarily like engineer these things on a daily basis. Um, I don't know that apart from things that happened in athletics and apart from confessing sin to people in my life and my church under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I, I'm not sure I've ever done anything courageous. You know what I mean? Like actually courageous. And, and the confessing sin part, if it was very costly and it felt very costly. Um, but, but again, I felt empowered and, and propped up by the Spirit, you know, which I think is obviously an experience that's germane to believers, you know, and it's something that we're thankful for. And in, in otherwise, Shit. like... Yeah, maybe when I was a freshman and Andrew Romine was a senior and he was a giant and I was a shrimp and you know my 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 decision was do I run at him and hit him in a drill or do I fake an injury and decide to be done with football like I I I think you're courageous in those moments but they're pretty stark, you know, and and they're fewer and further between when you get old. Hmm. Yeah. Do, do we even get to label ourselves brave? Oh, I we feel don't. Like maybe Yeah, well, we don't. No, I- well, no, I, I don't mean we, the three middle-aged white dudes, because yeah. we don't do any brave things. No. I mean, <laughs> if any human Decided. being in the world, if any human being in the world says, I am brave or I was brave, yeah. aside from a child, because a child is trying to learn how to do risky things and kind of like, what, where, where is virtue? Because, yeah. you know, a kid will be like, I was brave today, mom, and that probably deserves to be celebrated. But I... Uh, but a, if a grown-up says, you know, I did a brave thing, I, I feel like... Yeah, it's not incredibly brave. That, I, I, don't know. I don't know. I feel like the undermine... Because what you're talking about, Ted, even the, you know, the confessing of sins and stuff, that's mm-hmm. a... There's a conviction yeah. laid on you, and you did the thing you knew you had to do. I yeah. doubt you were thinking in the moment, this is really courageous. No. You were probably thinking, this is really scary. Yeah, it's, and it's really scary. And then you just scary, did the thing but, you needed to do. But I have to do it, or else I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like... Um, that's how it felt, you know, and that's the spirit. That's the hound of heaven. Um, and that's different than, yeah. Like even if I gave Ron a kidney, 
which God forbid, you know, I, I hope I don't have to give Ronald a kidney, but, um, but if I did, I, I, (laughs) yeah, that was a tepid, that was like a, a a very lukewarm offer to give you a kidney at some point in the future, Ron. I appreciate that. Maybe you you don't have that someday. Thank you. Y'all probably don't even have the same blood type. You're fine. (laughs) But if I then like posted a picture of me, I don't know, in the recovery room and like the, in the, in the blue gown or whatever, and giving like a feeble thumbs up, you know, hashtag just gave Ronald a kidney. I I don't know, you know, that that smacks of personal work, but it is courageous. Well, like, I, I mean, yeah, it's just like it's truly great men don't self-identify as great. And it goes back to well, what absolutely. Jesus said, which yeah. is the greatest among you will be the, the greatest servant among you. So it's like people that don't even it's like people acting out of a conviction based on um, their desire to care for others more than themselves um, and whether they ever get any props for it or not, I mean, you know, you're going to be brave, you know, to make a, to make this kind of a statement, quote unquote, you're going to be brave in the eyes of God. You know, you're going to be great in yeah. the eyes of God rather than men. So, I mean, I guess yeah. from a Christian perspective, bravery is something that it, it can't be sought after as much as you are just living out um, convictional um, Christian you know, principles um, as a way to yeah. serve the Lord, serve others. And then someday maybe somebody will go, hey, by the way, that that time that guy did that thing, that was a brave thing. And we should try to yeah. imitate and mimic that. Because again, that would be part of the character of Christ that we all want to adopt and, and have grow inside of us. So, I mean, as Christians, mm-hmm. like certainly it, it can't be something that we're manufacturing, you know? Yeah. It just yeah. Can't be. No, amen, man, for sure. That's a, that's a good word. And uh, probably a, probably a great word to end on boys pipe do you have anything more to add to the bravery discussion no nah, i mean i'm sure we could talk about this all day but i like ron's ending let's land too, it there man I thanks boys that that's was nice. really good yeah yeah baby we you that was brave of you to say that thank you i feel brave <laughs> but i don't <laughs> oh wait you said it was brave i don't i don't know if it is anymore oh, shoot. if you label something brave, brave does it undermine the bravery here's brave. what we'll do everyone fight about it on the internet and that will that will solve it for sure. I got to stay silent. You know, I'll just be there. You know what? We can all, we can all suss this out live in Midtown and everybody yeah. can decide, you know, baby live in Midtown with our Easter baskets. That's going to be, be big. Amazing. That's going to be big. It's epic. Piper's first Easter. You know, I, I can't wait. <laughs> ba- baby's first, <laughs> Easter. baby's first Easter. Take pictures. Oh, it's going to be incredible. That'll be the subtitle of the live event boys live at Midtown pipes. First Easter. That's epic. Man. Oh, I, I, love I love it. I love it. Always branding, you know. I mean, we can't Always. help ourselves. Always. We're we're a product of our time, and, and oh, we're so brave. We're yeah, we're brave men who are doing their their branding and talking into microphones for an hour every week. But boys, boys, we have uh, we've done what we always do, in that we've wandered to and fro throughout these topics. And until next time, the Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Thank you. 
Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.